understand that we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Guys, real quick, today's episode of The Stranded is sponsored by none other than Instapodcast. If you've never heard of Instapodcast, that's my podcast management agency, and there's nothing wrong with a shameless plug, right? My podcast management agency that we started in 2019 with the intent to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives just like yourself connect on one of the most popular platforms on the internet right now that allows you to have true intimacy and vulnerability with your audience, and that is podcasting, to share your story, to share your message, your experience, and your knowledge through one of the most powerful mediums. And what we did was take away the hardest, most difficult part of it. We do the tech and the production for you so that you get to focus on the two most important things, which are content and marketing so that the world can hear your message. Because I know one thing I know for certain is that you have a message that can put words to something that someone else is experiencing that they don't know how to put words to. And so it's time to put your message out there. But the problem is, is you're scared of how much work it's going to take. And Instapodcast takes away all of the work for you so that you can focus on what's most important about the podcast, which is just delivering and serving your audience. So run over to instapodcast.com right now, schedule and book your first call with one of our reps or me, and we will get you started with your popular podcast. Jessica Hurley. (laughs) We're back. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to be talking to you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so long. It's been so long. And I feel like it's the, the last time we talked like this, we were both in such different places. And woo, I know it's just so crazy to think about, um, being here. So thank you for being here. Um, I already told my audience how much I love you, how rad you are, all the things you're doing in your life. And so we're just gonna, we're just gonna go, we're just gonna flow today and talk That's about all the magic. thing to do with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> me too. Um, okay. So The last time we were like this on zoom one-on-one, you were my podcasting mentor Mm -hmm. coach Mm -hmm. and, um, a lot has changed since (laughs) last summer. So walk us through like, what, what are kind of like, let's go like top three, top three formidable things that have kind of happened to you or lessons you've learned in the last, I don't know, nine, 10 months. Oh my God. That could be an hour podcast. Um, (laughs) But I'll be quick. And then I want to hear this from you because I've watched you transform entirely. So I really want to hear this from you. Um, And it's funny because in reality, that's really how the journey begins. Mm -hmm. You know, people are so afraid that they can't marry something until it's clear. And sometimes, you know, confidence and clarity comes through action. And so just watching you in actionable steps, it's gotten clearer and clearer and clearer. And the same for me, even though a year ago, it seemed clear, it's gotten so much clearer than where it was. Mm -hmm. So I would say the three things that I've learned and that have changed, um, which has constantly been through trial and error has been learning that I love helping entrepreneurs be more than just business owners and helping them tell a story. I think that learning your skill and your craft and how to give it to people and impact the world with it is one thing, but I think we all have a moment where we wake up and realize we're an expert at something. We're great at something. We even can make money doing something, but we still want more, you know, we want to give to the world, you know, and I, I think people always think, and I hope this does not come across wrong when I say this, but I think, you know, people always immediately go to this. Well, now I need to give back. Now I need to go pass out lunches. Now I need to go, you know, contribute $10,000 to this, that, and the other. I need to go find this big ass why. And that's not to say that that's not it, but sometimes it's just giving more of you. How can you give more of you to the world? And I've realized that is something I love is helping business owners and entrepreneurs really take their experience, their life experience, because amidst business ownership and life and relationships and motherhood and parenting and children and relationships and friendships and business partnerships and networking, we're all humans. 
how do you bring that experience to somebody that can tell them that, oh, I can do it too, outside of just numbers and scaling and outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say that's something I really learned because how many times do you like, it's so cool when we see something pop up that talks about like, learn how Howard, you know, learn Howard Schultz journey about Starbucks. And you're like, man, I love Starbucks. I love picking up my coffee, but it's so damn cool to hear how he became this, how he created this. What kind of trials did he go through? What did he do in the face of adversity? And so I think as, as humans, we need to be those storytellers before we get to the, the desired pinnacle. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's one. I think too, one of the biggest lessons I learned last year and I'll say this until I'm blue in the face is that the things that got you here will become a liability at scale. And that goes for relationships that goes for business ownership. And I'll put this in the most layman's terms, right? So for example, if you are a one-on-one coach and you start coaching and you get six or seven clients, boy, you could think you are on top of the world. You could be like, I'm making $10,000 a month. I finally learned how to do this. I could quit my whole ass job. Goodbye. Right. (laughs) And we swear that we can do this. And, but the reality is if you take 10 steps steps back, you can't coach 30 people, 30 days a month. You can't scale that. And that's on layman's terms, but that's, that's a reality when it comes to relationships. When you get to a new level in business, you can't take certain people with you. The people that may have supported you for free may not go with you when you're making six figures a year. Like it, all the things that get you to where you are right now that have got you on your high horse with your hands on your hips, feeling like you can do this. You cannot keep doing those same exact things and expect results. They will, those same exact things that got you where you are now will literally become the very thing that become a liability is you trying to stick with them and not evolve. That is, that is crazy. And I talk to to my clients about that all the time, especially when they say to me, well, I've been serving clients at this price point and I'm going to leave them behind when I raise my prices, or I'm going to leave them behind when I go, (laughs) yeah, I know when I go, (laughs) when I go up to group, like a high ticket group program or whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, you are, you are. Because when you become, when you level up, when you become the next version of yourself, whether it's a coach or an entrepreneur or whatever kind of entrepreneur you are, you are going to attract different kinds of people, but people don't believe that this is the thing. There's fear in that there's fear in the, like, where's it going to come from? If it's not from these people that are paying these lower ticket prices, right? Yeah. Cause people go, I already found my niche. I found my people. Why would I lead them? Right. Mm -hmm. And in reality, all we're we're scared of, right. We're fearing something that doesn't even exist one, but what we really fear Mm -hmm. is this idea or thought of rejection. If I raise my Mm -hmm. prices and then I throw myself out there and then crickets, oh, I fucked up. And then I can't go back. So this won't work. Right. Mm -hmm. And reality is, is that that's going to happen anyway. You got to stay there forever. Yeah. Like you, you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You do not have a choice. And I was just saying this on my story and, and as petty as it sounds, that is entrepreneurship. That yeah. is entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship and business ownership is literally looking in the face of rejection and going, I'm going to seem crazy, but I'm going to do this shit anyway. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to publicly fall on my face over and over again until I get it right. Correct. Yeah. And then I'm going to do it again. I'm going to have to fall on my face again after I get it right. Like it's, it's just constant, constant. And you know what? I don't think enough people say that. Like, I think, I think that that's, and I'm so glad you're talking about that because I think a lot of people are not willing to say how hard it really is and how much you have to give up. Like there's so much grief in the evolution process that you have to go through in order to become an entrepreneur. There's so much grief in it. And I know you're in the middle of that. I know you're in the middle of that. I know. Can we? I know. I know. I'm interviewing a grief expert today. And she literally Mm. had me send her the questions earlier. And one of the questions I put down was, can outside of death and loss, loss of relationships, can you experience grief and other things like business and, and friendships? Because 
life is constant evolution. In order for you to evolve, a part of you has to die. And so if you think of business ownership as the same exact thing, parts of you have to die. Do you know how many years, Claire, you know this especially, do you know how many years I have told people, I hate systems, I hate processes, I'm gonna jump out of the plane and figure it out on the way down type of girl. I I will hire someone to do my finances, but your girl will not. Like Mm -hmm. I've just owned these things as a part of my identity as someone I'm not. Well, guess what? if there's a part of someone who, that I'm not, I'm never going to be anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in order for me to become that, I literally have to let a part of me die that believes I cannot be this woman. Mm -hmm. Guess who's knee deep in systems and processes right now? (laughs) Your girl. Who knew? I I feel like I'm becoming a lawyer. Like (laughs) I fucking hate it, Claire, but I cannot evolve. That part of me has to die that believes that I am inconsistent, unable, and unintelligent, right? It's Mm -hmm. a level of discomfort that we don't want to experience. That right there, it's that. It's this level of discomfort because we don't like feeling broken and we don't like feeling incompetent, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're constant people pleasers. We constantly want to land in this lane that we come off as perfect or that we know it all or we can do it all. We far would rather live in knowing than learning, right? Yes. Yeah. And so living in this space where I'm learning and I'm constantly going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Makes me feel so incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you've spent so much time being competent and being at the top of your game in other areas of your life. Right. Or even in other areas of entrepreneurship, you're a master at storytelling. You're a master at being a hype girl. You're a master at helping people launch their podcast. Right. You're a master at telling people, get the fuck out of your way, your own way. Yep. So you can build a business of your dreams, right? So you've spent all this time. And I think what you nailed it on the head, entrepreneurship is just a cycle of being uncomfortable over and over again. Like how uncomfortable are you willing to be? That is directly correlated with how much success you're going to have in your business. Directly. Mm-hmm. directly. If people could just understand that that's where the magic was mm-hmm. or is, uh, like that's what I was explaining is because it's not even that... <clears throat> take out, take it out of the uncomfortable part. It's the egos, literally it's the ego's job to protect you from uncomfortableness, right? Mm -hmm. It's been telling you forever. Don't make the mistake and go back into the uncomfortable place. Again, it was hard enough before it took us a long time to get out of there. Don't go back there. And I was saying earlier, it's literally like your husband coming to you and saying, Hey, I do not love you anymore. Mm -hmm. Almost all of us would literally be like, well, okay. Now I have to learn not to love you anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Instead of being like, okay, I still love you. That doesn't change how I feel. I'm going to push forward in this. And then if we come to a place where it doesn't work logically, then fine. But I'm going to still push forward through this in the face of rejection. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of the ego saying, well, then now you need to protect yourself and not love him. Mm -hmm. That is literally business ownership is like in the moments where you feel full, full on rejection, the world tells you this isn't working. Your experience say, this is just a hobby, dumbass. get back off. Right. (laughs) Like all of these things. And you go, well, I am not going to let those things dictate how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to push forward, even though I feel unsafe, uncomfortable. And these are uncharted waters. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly living in. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the trick. That's mm-hmm. like the secret sauce. That's the secret sauce. God. Woo. And it's why people quit. Of course. Of course. Right. It makes total <laughs> sense. Right. But that's also why that's also like a, a, a pitch for that personal development piece and that like radical self-love piece and that like digging through your trauma and digging through all the shit that has made you believe that you can't do systems, has made you believe you're incompetent, all that stuff, right? You have to constantly be in that, that part of the evolution. And if you're not constantly in that, how can you attract the people to help you? Mm -hmm. Like uh, the only time I, the only reason I've learned to feel safe in these uncharted waters or these places that I don't know how to go is, is 
being in a space where I can attract the people that do know how to do this, that can make me feel better about this. Right. Mm -hmm. So either I'm paying them to do it for me, or I'm, I'm in their space where they are very comfortable in this zone of genius. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can exchange value. So me being at the top of my strategy, my market, my skill set allows me to attract relationships uh, with people that are, this is their zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And they make me feel very comfortable in, in learning, in learning. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the, that's the key is like being confident in your niche and your space so that you can attract the people that are, that you can get around those people that are going to make you feel comfortable. Because when I'm around people that understand systems and processes and they continuously break it down to me, I'm like, this shit is not that bad. It's not that hard. It's right. just not who I am right now. And right. I clearly need to evolve. So in order for me to evolve, it's just like, when I talk to some women, they'll be like, you know, I'll, they'll tell me a story and I'll say, okay, this is the next thing you need to say. And I'll reiterate it. And they'll be like, how do you think like that? I don't think like that. I don't understand how you can so quickly articulate a story. So, you know, in a way that's going to just caption, you know, capture somebody mm -hmm. and it's just who I am, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean these can't be learned skills. Mm -hmm. We just get so uncomfortable at the top of learning. Think about this when you were in seventh grade and you got super frustrated in learning Spanish, Latin, whatever the hell you were learning. You were trying to pronunciate, you were trying to read, and you were like a three-year-old toddler. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Like they make it look easy, but I cannot do it. I cannot do it. This is not for me. Like we literally get into this, like, it's like we put up this wall. Oh, I can't yeah. do it. I can't do it. I can't. My son does it all the time. I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, you can. You're just mm -hmm. in that really frustrated window where you want to give up. And 99% of people will give up in yeah. that phase. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they can't get to the, they can't get to the point where they're comfortable saying, try again, mm -hmm. try again. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, it sucked the last 17 times but I'm going to try again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like how you're exactly right. How many times are you willing to do that? How many times yep. are you willing to go back to that? And I love what you on said. The floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I love what you said about like attracting the right people to help you with those things. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the other thing about entrepreneurship and about, I think just the culture that we live in is that we think we have to go in alone. Like if I can't figure it out on my own, if I can't figure it out by myself, then like, what's my problem? Maybe I shouldn't be an entrepreneur. And it's mm -hmm. like, give me a team of 14 people that fills in all the gaps that I don't have. That's what I, that's what I need. Right. But we're not always willing to say number one, that we need help. And number two, we're not always willing to say that, oh, I can't do this by myself. You know, I will say that all the time. Like that's, it's almost, we've. I don't know, you know, I, I almost want to say corporate America, but whatever part of our culture that that came from that, like labeling or voicing a weakness or voicing the need for help is a weakness, right? If you've ever read any of Brene Brown's books, that's all she talks about. It's like daring to lead is as a leader telling someone or being that person yourself, Hey, I don't know what's going on here, or I need help with this, or this, this is not my expertise. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for someone to help me through this it does not make you weak. It makes you a true human being that may not be aligned with what's needing to be understood right now. And that is literally perfectly okay. But we've become obsessed with knowing and doing instead of simply being And the need to, and I, I was, I'm just about to do a podcast episode about this because this is something I've discovered within me and around me. And many people, you may already know this, but here's the reality. Do you know each of us, we hold the key to allow people the grace to do that? Like we hold the key to allow people the grace to do that. Mm -hmm. So for example, the minute that someone says, like, I'll be the first to go out there and be like, that sounds like Spanish to me. I don't understand what the hell you just said. Like I was talking to a financial planner the other day and I was like, try again. I'm, she's like, are you lost? I said, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Try again, please. Yeah. And you know, but her saying that's perfectly fine. That's what most of my clients say. You're not a financial expert. You're a podcast. You're, or you're a CEO of a podcast management agency. Like, and, and she said to me, and you made it this far. So you clearly know what you're doing. You just need some training on this side. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for her to say that she holds the key to give me grace to say, I don't expect you to be perfect. 
Mm. You know, and as human beings, we hold the key to give other people grace in mm. that instance, because please understand when someone says that they are there at their most vulnerable, weakest moment. Mm -hmm. So to come back and say, that's perfectly fine. I didn't expect that from you. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. wasn't looking for that from you. You may think you need to be that, but I don't think you need to be that. I like you just the way you are. Mm -hmm. So we literally hold the keys to give people grace, to give that gift to one another of, I don't think you're weak. I don't think you're broken. I think you're still an expert. I still think you're a badass. Mm -hmm. I still think you're awesome. You just are learning something. So what? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's vulnerability. You're right. I mean, that's, that's all that stuff that Brene Brown talks about. And, and I love, I just love the idea of more people doing that. Like, what if we all were willing to say, I don't know. I don't know this actually, you know? I just feel like that is so powerful and our ego gets in the way of that too much. You know, Girl. I know. Girl. And, I know. and we're currently training everyone to think that you have to be the expert in something mm -hmm. constantly that in order for you to make money, you have to be the expert and the authoritative figure in something in which you do, but that's okay to say that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's also okay to know that some people will never be, it, you will never be enough for some people. You will be too much for people. Mm -hmm. And that's also perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Damned if you don't hit the gas anyway, they're going to judge you regardless. Figure yeah. it out. Yes, 100%. And I was still, the other thing I was telling my clients is like, nobody's, nobody's waiting for you to be perfect to hire you. No. You know what I mean? Like I used to struggle with that. like. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the self-love coach. Who's like the fat girl or whatever. Like, who's going to want to hire me? Like girls like me don't get hired. You know what I mean? I, I need to lose weight before I get hired. None of my clients were, were waiting for me to lose 10, 15, hundred pounds before they hired me. Right. They were waiting for you to be confident at the weight you are so that they could hire you. Yeah. So it's showing up, it's showing up in who you are owning your expertise, whatever that is whatever that happens to be being an authority figure in that space and also being vulnerable because people don't, I don't, as much as we try to be perfect. And this is the ironic thing. As much as we try to be perfect, like nobody expects that. Nobody, nobody actually expects perfection because we all are chasing it and none of us have hit it yet. So that's kind of the common thread between all of us. We all know we're not going to hit this perfect ideal, whatever it is, body type, income level, whatever it is, you know? Well, well look at men. They don't talk about right. this, right? No. The men, have, no. men have been winning for decades. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is new uncharted waters for us. Women, yeah. we're trying to learn how to navigate, you know, uh, this, this need for equality, this need for independence, this need to be the expert expert and the authoritative figure and show off our expertise. Right. Because at the end of the day, we are humble human beings and we don't know, like as women, we just, there's this competitive nature in us yet. We're taught to be like, so humble and, and, and not loud enough so that we don't hurt any other women in the process. Right. Yep. We don't yep. want to dim anyone else's light. We don't want to be too much. We don't want to do all these things. And so we're trying to figure out how to show that off without being too much, but men never talked about men were never vulnerable. Men never talked about what wasn't working. They always talked about what they were achieving, what they were doing and what was working. Right. And so the people that we're learning from, which whether or not we want to admit it or not is men. Mm -hmm. And so that was mm -hmm. never in question. They never talked about this stuff. And so we're literally navigating this on our own as women. And so this is why I tell women all the time, we have the keys. It's us. We've got the keys to give one another grace yeah. because it's us against us. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like the, the third thing I was going to say with the most valuable lesson is I'm currently, I'm four months from leaving a long-term relationship of seven mm -hmm. years, the father of my child, one of the most traumatic things I've ever been through. Mm -hmm. And one of the most beautiful things that I experienced this and lessons that I learned was the grace that women gave me. Mm. I would get on professional. Now I'm different than everyone. I was very open and vulnerable about this situation, but I would get on calls with women that were paying me tons of money. And I would have to take a deep breath before I got on the call. You know, maybe I was crying all day or maybe I was just sad, or maybe I was just like, damn, I got to be smart right now, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I take this deep breath and I'm like, 
okay. You know, and then I get in this instance of like, as if I was at my corporate job, nothing comes out, zip your lips, you're professional right now, get it together. You know, and I I experienced so many calls and, and conversations with women where I would get on, put on that persona and they would go, Hey, 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 before you jump into this, like, I know you feel like you need to carry this conversation, but are you okay? Mm -hmm. Because we know what you're going through and are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know, and then me saying, no, I'm not. And then being like, Hey, well, we're here. You, you know, we still trust you. We know you're a boss. We know you got this, but like, you can be a boss and go through some shit too. Mm -hmm. And we Mm. internally think we cannot be broken and lead. Mm -hmm. We cannot be healing from something and lead. We cannot not be perfect and lead. We need to lead by example at all times. Therefore, we need to show up perfectly so that people can feel like she's at the top pinnacle and I'm going to do everything that she does and then I'll get where she needs to be. What if we were just vulnerable about not? Mm-hmm. My healing doesn't change my skill set. My mm. healing doesn't, doesn't change. It might change the way that I show up. Sure. But it doesn't change my skill set. It doesn't t- change my intelligence. It doesn't take my, away my agrees or the hundreds of books that I've read. It doesn't take that away. Mm-hmm. It just means my heart is being repaired. It means that I'm changing my mindset right now. It means that I'm going through a transformational shift in my life. It doesn't change anything else. Mm. So the women giving me grace and saying like, hey, girl, hey, don't you don't have to make today perfect. We're just here for that, but we're also here for you made me go, oh my God, we hold the keys to give each other grace because how many times did you show up to your corporate job or your teaching role crying, you know, drinking your coffee, crying in the car and going, okay, I got to get this shit together. And I got to walk in here and pretend like nothing is wrong. And we swallow that energy. And then what happens to that energy? It manifests into ailments, anxiety, depression, all type of stuff. Mm-hmm. all type of stuff when there's mm-hmm. so much power and grace and alternative healing. And we hold the keys to that for one another. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so beautiful. And I have seen you live that full out. I feel like the last four months, actually, I mean, I think the last year for sure, cause you are so great at being vulnerable anyway and telling the truth. But I, I think there's so much power in what you've done the last few months in telling part of parts of your story and talking about the things that you've learned. And actually, I love that you said that too, because one of my questions was, what have you learned about women in this season of your life? Right. And I know the list is so long, but I think it's so important as women that we explore our relationships with other women. And so many times we don't do that when we are in a relationship with a man, right? Oh my God. I can in myself. Well, yeah. And I think that that is normal, like not, not normal in the Natural. way that like it should be. Yes. It's just what happens. Yes. It's just what happens. Um, so I, I, I love that. And I love it. seeing I love seeing it play out for you because I see women playing a different role in your life. I think than than they did when I first met you, um, over a year ago. And that is, it's really cool. And it's just a reminder that like, we do, you're exactly right. We do hold the key. We do hold the key and we're all, I don't know if the word is suffering. We're all dealing with this like common thread of we have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. And to be able to show up in the middle of your grief and your healing and have women hold space for you. Like what if we could all actually figure out how to do that for each other rather than go into our default mode of competition. This is what I realized a a thousand things, but (laughs) we are each other's damage control. Mm. We literally have the power to be one another's damage control because we all understand what each other's feeling. Here's the trick. Here's the thing we do that men don't do is we share. Right. And we're willing to sit in circles with like, think about this in your thirties. our favorite thing is no longer to go to the club, right? Our favorite thing is to sit around with wine and talk about our deepest, darkest things with other girls, right? So we have the power 
we literally have the power to do damage control amidst one another, because there's not one thing that I'm going through that one of you have not been through. Correct. Yeah. So in hearing your stories and hearing your vulnerability and hearing your connection, I learn something new, right? I swear to God, in every conversation I have with another woman, now I learn something new and it allows me to trust myself more. And then three, like whatever, excuse my language, but whatever the fuck got us into this mode of like, don't ask for help. Mm. Oh my God, ask for help. Like, Mm -hmm. I promise you if there's, there's, I've done everything to get to this place and I'm not there yet by any means. Mm -hmm. I, at times I feel psychotic in my emotional roller coaster, Right. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that is getting me through this and I'm mediocre, like that I can call on and say, I need help. I need help. And being willing and, and conscious enough to sit in the emotions and then realize when it's out of control or because we've been taught that we're not supposed to be in pain, right? Yes. We're just not yes. supposed to be in pain. We should avoid it at all costs. We should run from it. Like, mm-hmm. and let me tell you the hell of a feeling it is when you feel like you feel the sickest in your skin, mm-hmm. like you can't run from it. You want to jump out of your skin and run from it. And this, you know, obviously this is when people self self heal, you know, drinking alcohol, partying things, 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 substance, all the things, right. Which some of that is okay. Cause you need to get back moving around, but like being able to call on people has been the healthiest form of healing. And it's not a reliance. It's a, I, I have hypnotists. I have you know, Reiki leaders, spiritual healers, um, a relationship coach right now, like books. I'm reading a book called how to, how to heal, how to do the work to heal. Um, just, and then, and then good friends where I can just call and say like, um, I can't stop crying. I feel like shit today. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and just learning like manifestation, I, writing, let, I had a, a lady tell me to write a letter to the person I want to be December, 2021 and what she needs to hear about who she's becoming and send it to three of my best friends. And when I feel like shit to tell them and for them to send it back to me. Uh, oh my God, we should all be doing that. The modes and things of healing like that I have learned in this process, I would have never, ever learned being, you know, like in the power of reprogramming that I'm learning from my hypnotist, like we are all like trigger happy. Let's be clear, like trigger fucking happy Mm -hmm. about the, and that's all a mirror of your life and your experiences. Right. And you can go as far as like changing the things that trigger the hell out of you that really send you into an emotional spiral, you can go as far as changing the way those, like detaching the emotion with the way that those things make you feel. Mm. But the only thing I'm learning, if anything else is clear about women and their power and their energy is like, we literally have to lean on each other because we are the only ones that hold the ability for damage control. You and I both know we cannot be sad and lean on a man. Mm. We just can't. Mm-mm. We just can't. So nobody understands us better than us. Mm-hmm. So lean on other women. It is so powerful. And it's also so sad, the competitive nature you just spoke about. Cause my homegirl said this to me the other day and it, this fucking blew me, but it's the truth. And it needs to be said. She was like, Oh, you know, my sister wants to see a girlfriend of mine said, my sister really wants to see you. I don't even know her sister like that really well. And I said, I, I made a joke. I said, I thought your sister didn't even like me. And she said, it's not that she didn't like you, but I guess she didn't really care for you, but now she feels really bad for what you're going through. And I was like, huh. And then we were talking about someone else later and she said, oh, she wants to stop by and see you. This girl that I'm also not very close with. She feels really bad for your situation. And I said, pause. Why do so many people care about me now that I'm in a space where I'm healing and I'm hurting than they did when I was winning, right? And it's because I was at a level that was competitive and hurtful to people because it caused them to look in the mirror. But now that I'm brought down to reality and I'm normal because I'm going through something that everyone has gone through, I'm more relatable. Right. Mm. And you could take this all the way to where Rachel Hollis's ass is at right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> oh, man. yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so does that make sense? You get what I'm saying? 100%. And I think that that's why it's so important to have boundaries around who you have around you when you're winning. Right. Because everybody don't want to see that. 
that's right. And I, I mean, I feel like I'm experiencing that now. I mean, I, I feel like I have been for a while, but especially now. And I love, I just love this idea of like, we have to be willing to feel our pain and we have to be willing to ask for help. And like, when I meet women now, I, I like cut through the bullshit right away. I'm like, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through? Tell me the hardest thing you've ever been through, you know? And some people are like, uh, you know, and they like, don't want to have the conversation. I'm like, great. We can talk about the weather. I know where we stand. Like, I, you know, this is the kind of conversation we're going to have. And then you have the people who are like, going to tell you their biggest trauma right away. And you're like, this is it. This is the conversation. So that, that idea of sharing that idea of like, we are all on the same playing field. Some of us are just more willing to feel our pain. Some of us are more willing to sit with people in their winning seasons, you know, whether we're winning or not. Right. Some of us are willing to fall on our face over and over again. And like, those are the people I feel like as you evolve, you attract, right? Yes. Yes. And like, don't underestimate the power of feminine energy. Mm. Don't Mm -hmm. like, that is one thing that I took for granted for a very long time. I remember being in seasons of my life where I would go to events shit, I hosted events with women Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes I would feel empowered and sometimes I would feel this like icky feeling where I felt unsafe. And I just wanted to be with my man because he wasn't my competition, you know, now being around other women in my weakest moment, um, women are just pouring and pouring and pouring into me, you know, and, or just, just connecting, right. Cause we're all so different. We've been through the same thing, but we're all so different. Right. Mm-hmm. So connecting to their energy, women are the source of creativity. Let me be clear. We are the source of creativity. So that's why we give men their creativity. Like our feminine energy fuels their creativity, but it's the same thing for each other. We can fuel one another. Why the hell do you think you go to a girl's brunch or you have a conversation with your girlfriend and you leave going like, you feel like you're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. With the right girls. With the right women, with the right girls. Yes. Yeah. You can feel like you're on top of the world mm-hmm. because you, that feminine essence, just that of being that mm-hmm. energy, you could literally can fuel your creativity and yeah. the energy that I've gotten from women lately. And just being honest about my situation is the most loving, caring, pouring into energetic, thoughtful. It's my, it's my muse. It's my survival right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, love that. I love that. That's magical. And I think this conversation about women, I think is so important. And I just wish we were all having it more, you Mm -hmm. know, because I think we would all come to that space of, yeah, we do need each other. And no, we don't need to be in competition with each other. Um, after literally centuries of being in competition with each other, you know, it's been set up like that. And we have the power, just like we have the power to give grace. We have the power to stop that right? Just by being together and being vulnerable and admitting when we're in pain and when we need help. Um, we, that we hold so much power, mm-hmm. so much power. Literally think about this. Like it, it's the equivalent of like, we, we have the power to get men to stop cheating. If we were not being the other woman, like mm-hmm. if we all said, I value my worth. Um, and I'm not saying that that's the new movement, but if all like we hold the power to so many things. Mm-hmm. So if women just said like, we're all going to decide that we're worthy as fuck and we don't mm-hmm. want multiple men and we're not going to be the side chick. I'm done. Like men would be like, well, <laughs> what, do, what do I do now? Right like, now, yes. now I have to actually look inward at my traumas and shit. Like mm-hmm. it, but we hold so much power. We hold the power to stop, stop judging other women. We hold the power yeah. to give women grace. Like when women message me and say, you inspire me just because you're being honest mm-hmm. and, and, but you're still doing it, but you're telling the world that it's hard to do. Cause please believe I sit down in this chair and cry my eyes out the first hour of the morning, every other day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? you know, but I know I can't let my business fall apart. I know I can't let all the work I put in fall apart and I'm just trucking along anyway. You know, we all have the power to go. I see you Mm -hmm. girl. I see you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm holding space for you. I'm holding space for you because I know that feeling. I know that feeling and that feeling of like, just that complete brokenness, you know? that complete brokenness. And, and if you haven't experienced it, you will. Oh, it's, it's coming. An, it's inevitable. You know? I don't yes. wish it on your relationship, but right. it's inevitable. 
Right. It's just part of it. It is just mm-hmm. part of it. That's so powerful. They don't warn us about that. No, but, but, but that's a, that's a whole nother trauma because it's like, how many of us ex- go through life experiencing the top of the top, the peak, the joy, and we wait for it to fall apart. Mm. And that's one thing I was not willing to do was wait until anything falls apart. You don't want to live there. You don't want to go there, but it's, it's so ironic and hard to look at situations and go, okay, did this serve its purpose? Okay. Universe did how much, you know, not how much did I get out of this, but look at all the things I got out of this. It, this, this has served, like it has gone its full circle. Yeah. I got so much out of this. Thank you. Like that is, we have, you know, traumatic attachment styles. We have abandonment issues. Like you could put every woman in this line at this point. Mm -hmm. And so it's so hard to just go, okay, how do I rewrite this chapter? How do I rewrite this book? How do I rewrite my life without, you know, the people or the outcome I thought in it? Yeah. Yeah. And seeing it not as a failure, but as a pivot or an opportunity, um, or the lesson that your soul was brought here to, to give, you know, Mm. or to get right. Mm. Um, I think, I think the more I learn, the more I do spiritual work and healing, the more I learn that like every single moment in my life was already laid out for me. Like my soul chose this path for whatever reason. Right. And so if I'm not on a very, um, intentional journey of feeling the pain and feeling the shitty things and, and having the questions and going through the trauma and, and allowing myself to come out of that over and over again, if I'm not intentionally on that journey, I'm not doing what I was put here to do, you Mm. know? And so kind of living at that optimal level of not everything is great all the time. That's not how, that's not what this is supposed to be. It's a constant evolution. It's a constant death and rebirth. Death right? and rebirth. Like death how many, and rebirth. Yes. Like how many funerals have I gone to for versions of myself that I used to be that I don't see anymore? You know what I mean? I know. But like, seriously, when you think of that, I mean, I, I, it's almost like the Russian nesting dolls, right? It's like one, one is gone. Then this one is gone. And then this one is gone. Right. And it's this constant journey to that last one. And then there's probably more, you know what I mean? After that, it's just constant. Um, there's so many more, there's so many more, but so many of us don't choose to go on that journey. Right. And so we're kind of living that like surface level. Let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about our job kind of, kind of life. My intuitive said something just like what you said yesterday or two days ago, she said, it's so hard for you to see this right now because you feel like you're in the worst pain of your life. It's like, they call it the dark night of the soul, like the the biggest transformation, the most painful thing that you could ever endure. Mm -hmm. But she said, I watch you and it's actually like you're in this super sweet spot and it's hard to see. And she said, but it's almost like you're birthing a baby. And then every time you kind of like abandon your power, you let you, you put the baby back in and like, it's like when you finally fully let this go, you're going to birth. Like you're literally, you've been crowning for like three months now, <laughs> like birth this child. Yeah. Because it's, it's literally a part of you dying so that you can birth a new version of you that is beyond what you could have ever seen. And then just in the smallest things of who I've, cause what do we do? We're forced to shape into something else forced to heal and deal with something like this transformative. And I'm not saying that this is any worse than any traumatic situation like death or loss or way, way worse. You know what I mean? But the things that I've been forced to do to heal are things that if my life would have been going as such, I would never have done. Mm -hmm. Like I go for walks every day. Now I go sit in the grass on the water in which is in walking distance from my house, which is a true blessing. And I put my feet in the grass and my hands on the ground and I take a deep breath. And then I'm like, I would have never done this. Right. Would have never stopped to do this. And just like, I have moments of just the most beautiful, glorious peace that I'm like, this is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Not to say that life can get better, but it doesn't get better than this. It just because it's just more. Yes. And you know what that moment is? That's you coming back to yourself. That's what that moment is. 
like a true authentic moment with just you, just your body. I can trust this moment. I can trust this breath. I can trust the ground that I'm on. And that's what, that's why I would say trust is like the final frontier of self-love, right? <sighs> like just to getting, just getting there where you trust yourself. Even if you have that small moment in the grass on the water, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is your home base, you know? And like, that's part of healing. That's part of understanding that like, you are like, I am going through this. I am, I am walking through this and I'm so grateful for it because I never would have had this moment where I can sit here and trust my body and trust the ground that I'm sitting on. If I hadn't gone through it, you know, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. Trusting yourself is the hardest thing that I have ever had to walk through Mm -hmm. ever, Mm -hmm. ever. And it brought up so many things like how often I haven't trusted myself in my business, how often I haven't trusted myself in decision-making, how often I haven't trusted myself to choose a partner, how often I haven't trusted myself, just ridiculed myself with judgment that I don't know how to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And so trusting myself and just trusting my intuition, right? Because we've got that gut feeling all the time, but we just think that's nonsense. We think that shit is nonsense. We know what's going to happen in the movie. We know when we hear the music, we know, we know, (laughs) we know. And yet we try to tell ourselves that there could be a different outcome because we Mm -hmm. don't think that we can be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we don't believe the magic that we have in in ourselves. Right. Mm. I always think about like, I always think about like, this is going to, I don't know if it's going to sound weird. Maybe it will, but, um, but I don't care. Um, I always think about the women that were chased and burned for being witches, you know, and I think about them and how likely it was that they were probably just women that were really fucking in tune with their own magic. And you know what that does? That scares people a lot that scares people because that power when women t- tap into that power and you see, I mean, we all see it, right? When we tap into our own power, we see things around us fall left and right. Friendships, jobs, you know, things just kind of, and that's the grief part, right? Of that Claire, who the fuck are you to think that you know yourself? What? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, no, I know you. I see you. Yes. I know what type of woman you are. Yes. But who the hell are you to tell me who you are? Right. Yeah. How that's toxic. You? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. God. And that's so true. Especially when you know who you are and you know what a badass you are, you know, there's, there's a lot of that, like, there's a lot of that, like, um, she's too much or why is she talking about all the good things that she's doing? Or why is she sharing all the good things that she's doing? You know, there's one side of I'm sharing my trauma. So I'm relatable. And Mm. then the other side, just like you were saying, the other side is I'm sharing my triumphs and my victories. And I am sharing what a badass I am. I'm also, I also happen to be going through one of the biggest traumas of my life and I can still show up in my power. People are scared of that. People are scared of that, but it's that trust thing. I think it goes back to, we don't know how to trust ourselves, right? We don't. It's and like standing. What, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, it's like standing on an Island. It, it's like standing on an Island and trusting that you can find a way. And you will find a way and knowing in your scariest moment that you will find a way Mm -hmm. without support, without retracting, without, you know, because we will do anything to alleviate that pain. We don't like, would just snap, like Mm -hmm. even at the cost of our self-respect at the cost of like, you know, your, your body's tugging and pulling you to be in this most powerful, trusting self-love journey, but we'll do anything in the short term to alleviate the pain that we feel to get there. Mm-hmm. Anything. Mm-hmm. And that level of trust that knowing that I'm allowed to sit in this pain and I will be okay. I'm safe. I'm loved. And I'm perfectly imperfect the way I am right now. And I will still attract abundance and I can still stand in my expertise and I can still show up every day. And I have everything I need right now to get myself through this journey. That's a lot of fucking trust. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of trust. And every time you do it, it becomes proof of your survival. So that the next time something comes up, you can go, I've already been through something. I've, I've survived trauma. I've survived that 
that death, right. Of myself, Mm -hmm. I've survived the rebirth over and over again. So there's no reason to think that I can't trust myself to do it again, you know? And I think we forget that. Like, I think we take our traumas and we use them as triggers and they never get past the point of being a trigger rather than looking at those things in our life that have been triggers before as proof of survival, right? My body brought me through that. Why can't she bring me through this next thing? Right. So I'm not an expert when I say this, but this is the, one of the most valuable things I learned from my hypnotist. So for example, when I ask you about your ex, your first boyfriend, did he do something to hurt you? (laughs) Yes. You laughed. Mm -hmm. You should be crying. Why are you not crying? I think because it's so ridiculous to think that I allowed it. Allowed it, but you also know he's not the one. You've already reprogrammed your brain to understand that that was just a lesson. It was a value part, valuable part of your journey. And it was something that taught you what you do and do not want. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have no emotion attached to it anymore because you've already reprogrammed yourself to understand that it was, it's just a lesson. Like I had to date him to learn what I can tolerate, to learn what I want to, to eventually find my husband. Right. You've already reprogrammed yourself to do that. But with a lot of our traumas, we just live in that energy. That's why it stays a trigger. Mm -hmm. So we just swallow it like, Oh, this, you know, I'm using this as an example, but I had a, I had a past relationship where I was physically abused. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if, had I just swallowed that and never healed from that, the minute anything similar popped up, I would retreat, run, retract, freak the fuck out, like, but you know, insane because there's still an energy attached to what you suppressed because you never healed from it. That's Mm. where it becomes a trigger Mm -hmm. because it stays in your body. Yes. You hold it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why something can happen to you when you're five years old. And when you talk about it in therapy, you start crying because mm-hmm. there's still an energy that is trapped inside that you are still living in that you never worked through. Yes. Uh, and that's what holds us back. This is it. It's full circle, Jess. It's this is full circle. That's what holds us back, whether it's in entrepreneurship or in relationships or whatever it is. It's what holds us back because we've collected emotions and feelings connected to beliefs about something that happened a long time ago. I can't change the thing that happened. What I can change is what I believe about it. Right. And that's, that's why we reprogram. That's why we reprogram. And that's how we move forward. Right. That's facts. Facts. Mm. So good. Claire, this was so good. So good. (laughs) Oh, I can talk about this shit all day. But this is the conversation. This is when I, when I think about talking with women, mm-hmm. this is the kind of shit I want to be talking about. You know, I want more of us to be having these conversations around yes, pain and vulnerability and triumph and, and all the things, all the things, right. Not just complaining about doing the dishes or talking about the weather or whatever it is. Like, I know the dishes suck. Like, let's, let's move on from that. Like, let's talk about real shit. You know what I mean? So I just, I just hope and pray that, that, that 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 can be opened up here um, more. It starts with each one of us. I will tell you this from the women that have poured into me and been graceful with me and open with me. It has done nothing, but made me want want to turn around and do the same Mm -hmm. for other women. So that, you know, simple, simple as it sounds, but be the change you want to see in the world. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's done nothing, but made me go, well, I will have more grace the next time, no matter how busy I am, no matter how difficult my personal life is, I will take the time to give another woman grace when she is hurting, because that's the power and damage control that we have for one another. Mm. I think that's the title of this episode. What Damage control. We are our own damage control. Mm Mm-hmm. Radical mm-hmm. self-trust, vulnerability in everything, right? This is, this is what fuels everything. And I know, you know, you and I are both entrepreneurs, so we could talk about business all day long, but I think you and I also both know that without this work, our business doesn't grow. Let me be clear. <laughs> I can make a dollar real easy, mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. easy. Uh, this mouthpiece, I can make a dollar real easy. Mm-hmm. You know who hits a train, a, a brick wall every time they refuse work? All for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't mess around with this stuff at its core. This is what will take you to the next level. Always, always, always. Radical mm-hmm. self-trust, confidence through action, and connection with the right people. 
it is impossible. Pay for your fucking friends. Seriously, pay for your friends. Mm. Pay to be in high places. Pay to have good relationships. Pay to see healers. Have seasons. We're, no, you're always in seasons and you're ever evolving. I had a business coach for eight months last year and I scaled my business times four. I fired him this year because I said, I don't want to spend this money on business scaling. I want to spend this season on spending money, an unlimited amount of money on healing mm-hmm. because I can scale this thing all the way to eight, seven figures if I want to. But if I get, I, I still remain a shitty person. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's that idea, it's that idea of like, uh, it's that idea of your business can't grow past your own level of personal development. Correct. It will always cap out. It Mm -hmm. will always cap out. And so I love that. Oh God, I love that you said that because I think that's, again, that's another thing that's missed when we talk about business coaching, when we talk about all that stuff, we we can talk about strategy and logos and branding and all day long. But, but I don't think there's enough conversations going on about this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Vulnerability mm-hmm. and healing and trauma and pain, all that stuff. So I'm so glad you're doing it. I love, love, fucking love watching you in this season. And um, I mean, you've always been relatable to me. And I, and I think um, watching you win over and over again. And I feel like this year, especially, I'm just so glad that I met you when I did, because I feel like this year, especially for both of us have, has just been so transformative. And I will never forget when I finally clicked over last summer and I was like, I see it. I see it for myself. And you were like, fuck you. I've seen it for six months. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you exactly something I would say. <laughs> I really think you did. I think you called, you might've even called me a bitch, but I was like, Oh my God, she was right all along. And so I just, I mean, I cannot even ever express how grateful I am for you and your leadership and your vulnerability and, um, for seeing me, you know, for seeing me in a moment where I needed to be seen, you did for me, what I now know women are doing for you. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. And I want everybody to go find you and pay you for all the things that you do. And throw their credit cards at you. So, okay. So tell everybody where they can find you. What are you doing? What are you working on? Let's connect you with all my people. Yeah, absolutely. This is a perfect ending. Um, and thank you so much because I do see you and I've always seen you. And I'm not saying that like a stick of like, you know, a a look at me like, but you hold a level of space and intelligence for women in such a, container that is needed around self-confidence, body image. And like, even when I worked with you, I was like, the shit you're saying matters and it works because it, even for me, this is stuff Mm -hmm. that I need. Mm -hmm. And so you just hold this incredible container for women that around a, a, a piece of the journey that is inevitable and unavoidable that you cannot run a six figure business. If you hate your body, you can Mm -hmm. hustle, we can all hustle, but you will not land there and stay there, not loving you. And so that's why Claire's work is so important. And I've always seen this, you, you hold and teach and educate in a way that I've never seen before. And so Mm -hmm. I've always known it. It was just a matter of you seeing Mm -hmm. it. And I love, love, love watching your journey. But speaking of radical self-love, healing, transformation, um, trauma, I have hosted a podcast for over three years now called The Stranded Phase. And it used to be about, you know, finances and business and getting out of your stuck phase and in relationships and and it was some healing, but um what I've prided myself on on that show is being vulnerable and honest and even getting on there and saying, my business sucks right now, you know, like just asking the, the right questions. And so, um, I paused it in March because I had such a transformational moment in my life and I waited and listened for what was correct and what needed to come next. And I realized that that is where my heart is. It's truly where my heart is. And so I'm relaunching it May 4th. It's called the stranded phase. It's a Tuesday, same, same name, change the cover to really reflect where I'm going. And it is going to be all about the season I'm in because women suffer in silence. And I know I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. and I'm talking to grief experts and, you know, women that study narcissism and, a hip, I'm bringing my hypnotist on the show. I'm bringing my relationship coach on the show. I'm bringing um, the feminine essence and feminine energy. We're talking mm-hmm. about single, single or settle where I'm bringing it all 
to really like not only my own healing, but to take people on this journey with me, because that's really all I know how to do in my truest mm-hmm. purpose. So you can look out for the strand of phase on iTunes, go get caught up. Now there's over 200 episodes and we're relaunching May 4th. You can follow me where I'm the most active and definitely the most myself on Instagram at <laughs> Jessica Hurley, H-U-R-L-E-Y underscore. And then, um, if you are in the market to start a podcast or scale your business through the power of podcasting, I'm also the founder of a podcast management agency where we do all the work for you. And that's instapodcast.com. Go throw your money at Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say you helped me relaunch my podcast last year and um, it was amazing. And I just, I can't say enough about your work and um, the mission behind Insta podcast being getting people's story out there. I say, I just think it's so powerful. And um, I want you to come back. I feel like we have more conversations to have. So there can be I a part two, three, four, and five girl. We yes. can get to it. Cause I'll probably be somebody else in three months. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> this be a series, the transformation series. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the stranded podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.